It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here uh, this morning. Hmm. wonder if anything happened yesterday. Um, arguably the most partisan divisive. From arguably the most partisan, divisive thing you could possibly do to coming together entirely, a hundred of us, to meet this challenge, I think says a lot about the United States Senate as an institution, our willingness to put aside our differences, to do something really significant for the country. It's a historic day because it matches a historic crisis. And our people need help. They were crying out to us to help. Uh, Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer. By the way, the media was reporting that Mitch McConnell looked like he was absolutely sounded and looked exhausted. Mm. So uh, there you go. So the the bill has been uh, passed the, through the Senate, and now it's supposed to go through the House. Mm-hmm. Indications are uh, Pelosi is going to support it. Yeah, uh, Steny Hoyer said that it's going to go through, and that means the vast majority of you are going to get a check cut. Yep, uh, for twelve hundred dollars, mm-hmm. it ramps down up to ninety nine thousand per uh, person. Yes. Uh, and uh, I think there was also an exemption if you were head of household. Uh, and made up to one hundred and forty nine thousand, and you had one child. Uh, there was okay. there was that exemption, so you would get, and I, it was ramped down, but I don't know exactly how much. One twelve, I think. Is it okay? Thought I saw one twelve on that. The uh, I saw one forty nine, unless they changed it in the final oh, bill. Oh, okay, all right. I, I, yeah, then. But or or one forty six. I'm okay. sorry, I think okay. it was one forty six. Okay. Um, but the point is, is that, and for couples, it would ramp up and then eventually phase out completely after ninety nine thousand. Or one hundred ninety-eight thousand for couples, um, and it goes down. It's five dollars. It goes down uh, five dollars. The benefit goes down five dollars per one hundred dollars over that seventy-five thousand between seventy-five thousand and ninety-nine thousand. Don't bother doing the math. The IRS will tell you pretty soon how much you're going to get. <laughs> and it's based on twenty nineteen. Is they, it on twenty nineteen? Yes. And if they can't get twenty nineteen, they go to twenty eighteen. Okay. Okay. So oh, if it's not, so they're they're going to go at least to the latest on unemployment. If mm. you've lost your job and that's why you're up overnight because you're you're worrying, mm. uh, you will get uh, you will get whatever your your local state gives you based on what your income is. And if you're laid off, you've probably looked that up already. Mm-hmm. I know that it's somewhere like around half. Right of what your gross is is what you would end up, up getting to a, up to a certain limit. Uh, up, yeah. up to a certain level, and we've given a couple of hypotheticals out here that uh, if you because the federal government's adding on to it, if you, for example, made and we're just making it simple, uh, if you make four hundred dollars a week and you would normally on unemployment collect two hundred, you would collect two hundred, and the federal government will kick in six hundred more. That's a week, right? So if you were making four hundred dollars a week. And your unemployment would be two hundred. You would now be making eight hundred. That's part of the 
complaints mm-hmm. of many people that you don't do that in this time because if people are losing their jobs, uh, the last thing you want to do is once you start recovering, pay them more on unemployment than they were making in the job that they were actually working. Because number one, if they're here's the point though, if you're uh, this is an interesting thing. Mm. If you're if you are temporarily laid off, right, and you make that money, and your company calls you back, mm-hmm. do you have to accept the lower rate at that point? Because if you collect unemployment and you get offered a job, but it's lower than what you're making, a lot of times you, you can refuse a job, and there's no well, problem with unemployment, right? So, but if it's your employer, is there going to be because there will be a committee, there will be oversight. So if if the are they going to be checking with employers saying, have you offered any of these people uh, their job back? Because I don't see well, that anywhere in the there isn't. The, I, I didn't see there was federal oversight. The state takes care of the oversight of it. Well, on unemployment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. But, but is would there be any, I guess, um, contingency or rule that says that if you're offered your job, your same job back, you must take it. I don't I don't see that anywhere in the bill. So that means people would stay at home until July 31st. That bonus, by the way, goes through July 31st. Right. It's only four months that you would get it for. Now, unemployment has been extended to 39 weeks. So if you started collecting, you would get the $600 a week more in your check up until July 31st. And then it would be whatever unemployment your state would get for the remaining number of weeks up to 39 weeks. Yeah, and I'm guessing the first payment goes out March 31st because that's the four months that they outlined so march 31st through july 31st but i don't know we don't know when that that benefit is going to be put out they do know that the twelve hundred dollars and five hundred per child will hit in a matter of days and we expect that the house will pass it by the way justin amash he has said that uh he was he's against it but he said yesterday afternoon that he will he definitely will not block it according to newsmax he will not block it so that means in the house it's probably going to uh, be pretty smooth on, on Friday morning. That's when they expect it to pass in the House. I'm guessing the president signs it when? That that afternoon? Probably. If they pass it, this if they pass it, again, they start debating. I don't know how long it's going to go. Right. Uh, I would say, by I, look, if they sign it by this afternoon or by tonight. Mm-hmm. Or, wait a minute, did I say today's Thursday? Today's Thursday. So yeah, they're supposed to take this up Friday, right? Right, right. The house. Oh, okay. I'm. Please excuse me. You know how everybody on social media has been saying the you days just blend. The days just blend, and you don't know what day it is. Yeah, same for us. I've been thinking that this thing. I've been thinking this thing's going to pass today because I'm in my mind thinking this is Friday. Yeah. Right. But for some reason, I was thinking it was Friday, but I still had to work tomorrow. Right. So my mind is completely screwed up right now. <laughs> It, but I don't know because most I, most articles I read is they expect it to to pass Friday morning. I don't I don't know if that means at the latest. That's what I saw. Are they going to yes. debate all day Thursday and then and then put it to uh to the measure on on Friday? Yeah, because I that's what it I would heard. be a so, voice so vote. So would right? be it would be yes voice vote on Friday morning. There will be some in the chambers, but the majority will be. It will not be there, and they don't want to call everybody back. Right. So the president then could sign it uh, as as soon as Friday afternoon, right? I'm guessing. Yeah. 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 It could be, and and I would expect that. I would expect that to happen. Uh, I, you know, I just when I started thinking about this, it's interesting because it's like, what's the? I haven't checked the Dow futures in about an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The last last we checked that they were they were down. 
right? Last day yeah. we're down. And, last... and oil down to 23 and change. <sighs> yeah. Wow. Really? Yep. We're just checking. We're we're just clicking for Dow futures. You can hang. Yeah, I can hear. I Dow, can hear. Dow two uh, down two ninety seven. <laughs> so now that the Senate passes it, it's going in the opposite. I, I know. It's, it's almost like I know. okay, that one's done. Uh, it's really not going to help as much as we thought. Can well, we can can we get another one? Here here's what I don't know is is that you know what all is, what all is the market factoring in right now? Uh, oil at twenty three seventy three. Um. Are they factoring in what's going on in New York? You know, the spread of the virus, at the rate of the spread of the virus in New York, um, and other things. Well, where, and- where again, we're talking about while there, this is a band aid from Capitol Hill, it is not the you know end all be all. I suspect that if we're still not beyond this in, in terms of the clinical testing that's going on in New York, and we d- we still don't have any promise in a month from now that that they will revisit this. Maybe for another one-time payment or something. Well, when you say the the spreading in New York, but this is this is a story that I wanted to bring up because this is what Cuomo was talking about uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he said yesterday that he believes that the evidence might be there, that the restrictions might be working. Okay. The evidence suggests that density control measures might be working, Cuomo said. On Sunday, the number of people hospitalized for COVID-19 was projected to double every two days. As of Tuesday, it was projected to double every 4.7 days. But here's the other point. The trends have been wrong all along. All the graphs that have been used that you have seen to close down cities about these tremendous, mm-hmm. incredible numbers up there. Right. All like of those, horrific numbers. Right. All of those forecasts so far have missed their marks for, by a significant amount over the last three weeks. That's why here the judge in Dallas County was severely criticized for the numbers that he was throwing out. Right. Stating, no. And you can go. I, I, it would take me too long to do it, and it gets quite technical, but I went through the I, a couple of articles that went through all of the different statistics and why, why they are wrong and all the variables in there that are wrong and why those numbers have been wrong you know, all along and there's probably like 20 different factors that they have into it as to why. And so uh, that's another thing. But at what he said, as of Tuesday or as of a couple of days ago, Sunday was projected to double every two days. As of Tuesday, was projected to double every 4.7 days. Mm-hmm. So what they're saying is it's increasing, not at the level that they thought it was going to increase. Right. And that's when you start to flatten the curve. Well, if that's happening in New York City, what's happening around the rest of the country where the density is not so great. Right. And I don't know. I'm asking the question. That, right. that, yeah. that, that's right. a question that I wish that, that I want to get answered, I guess. Right. That would be it. Yeah. So uh, there you go. All right. Uh, your calls and comments coming up. If you'd like to get in, we do have a line open. We'd love to hear from you. 866-90-RED-EYE. Mechanics like to call oil analysis a blood test for your engine. It's an apt comparison, since engine conditions can give you a quick read on the health of the entire machine and an early alert to impending problems. An engine oil analysis can provide clues about the health of your engine without any invasive surgery. By analyzing a sample of used engine oil, you can determine the amount of contamination, the wear rates, and overall condition of your engine. The real benefit of an oil analysis is that it acts as an early warning system, alerting you to potential problems before they become an equipment failure. 
And oil analysis isn't for just one kind of driver or one kind of vehicle. The tests benefit all engines, from passenger cars to fleet vehicles to agricultural equipment. To start, you'll need to purchase an oil analysis kit. Many Cenex brand dealers and CHS cooperatives sell lube scan kits which contain everything you need for analysis. You can also find kits online and at auto parts stores. You'll then need to extract a small sample of used engine oil from your vehicle and mail this to the lab for testing. All lube scan kits are sent to ALS, a global testing service for analysis. For more information, visit Cenex.com. This maintenance tip is brought to you by TA Truck Service. More bays, more expertise, more solutions. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Let's head to you. We go to Rob in Rochester, New York. Rob, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. Thank you. Uh, I'm a dairy farmer here in western New York, and uh, the other day in his press conference, our governor said we had need to restart our economic engine, and I thought to myself, if he lets me as a farmer keep more of my money through, like, property tax relief and school tax relief, farmers spend their money locally, which would help stimulate the economy again. That was my uh, thinking. Right. Well, uh, now, 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 look, we're, we're trying to be logical here and do critical thinking. You said you live where? Uh, well, he, but you're western, your answer the nearest city. No, western, so near- rest, western New York. The mm-hmm. key to that yeah. is New York. As a former western New Yorker myself... <laughs> I understand that that is still in the state of New York. You're talking like a capitalist. <laughs> my yeah. suggestion to you is back to well, money. I, I was gonna say, I was, I was gonna say, come to Texas. <laughs> no, but I, look, I, look, I, no, I, too hot. <laughs> hey, yeah. they, but they do grow great wine in Central Texas, and we grow great cows I, too. Great, great, great cows too. Yes, but but uh, no, I I understand exactly what you're saying, but sure. you know. You know as well as I do, and Rob, thank you so much for for calling. You we know that's not, that's not going to happen. In, it's not going to happen in New York State. No, they're not going to give you property tax relief in New York State. No. Look, we're having problem getting that in the state of Texas. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, get in line. So I understand what no. you're saying that sure. they that they should do something uh, like that. By the way, I got this message here. Mm-hmm. This guy, I don't think so. This guy wants to say that the airlines shouldn't get any bailout because they brought the coronavirus from China. Yeah, no, no. I don't think we're going to discuss that. No. If, if you want to talk about bailouts to begin with in general, yes. Right. But if you're saying specifically, I'm so sorry when I just saw that message, <laughs> they shouldn't get the bailout because they, wow. So they knew it, huh? Yeah, right. American exactly. Airlines said, okay. Hey, let's get some coronavirus get patients some... and take them to, to the U.S. Actually, that that the airlines didn't do that. But there were, they did, you know, again, have a couple of patients on board at least one flight. Remember, that was the flight headed to San Antonio. But that wasn't the airline's decision to right, say, hey, right. let's get a bunch of uh, coronav- coronavirus patients and take them to the U.S. Come on. Who's with us? That didn't happen that way. Come on. Uh, this is your captain speaking. Are uh, we th- Are we thinking, people? Uh, we'd like to thank everybody for flying with us today. Uh, <laughs> We'll be headed straight to a hospital. 
Does worrying about this virus cause some different type of brainwaves? You, you know, there is okay. worrying about the virus in general. All right. You and I, okay, we have to say it. We have noticed a, a little bit of an uptick in people. And, and by the way, this is natural. We're all kind of um, cabin feverish. <laughs> by the way, I don't live in a cabin. Just let's make that clear. Um, but I, I would like to. But the whole idea of, of you know, kind of, you know, sit, sitting around and thinking to yourself, well, we should be doing this, we should be doing that. We kind of have to come back, well, outside that cabin a little bit and get back into reality and know that, look, uh, for all the conservatives, especially the fiscal conservatives who seem to be reawakened in the wake of the Senate bill that was passed and all the stuff that's in it, thank you. We are grateful that you're still breathing and still with us on that and maybe there when we're past this we can get back to some fiscal sanity do we expect that right. probably not the republicans have been uh moving further left especially on fiscal matters for a long long time um but the fact of the matter is we got to get away from this um i guess this, shoulda, uh, i call it the shoulda the shoulda the shoulda we're, thinking we're, yes, we, yes. We, for some reason we get in the shoulda move yeah right. we should do this or right. we should do that or if yeah. we only did this or look i look if if we just tell these senators they won't get their pay then they'll do the job of the american people yeah right right please stop it it's not gonna happen in order to get there they would have to cut their own pay right so that's not gonna happen so let's deal with re- i can't tell you how many times i've gotten that this week right can you can you hear my frustration with that and I'm like, stop with the shoulda. We shoulda. We have to talk about what we can actually, you know, what we can actually control mm-hmm. and what we should be telling. You know, let's not waste, let's not waste our breath. Right. Well, Eric and I will do that. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> let us be the blowhards. <laughs> well, no, but it's the, the, we, when these times happen, it's just the shoulda people come out from all over. We should, we should, we should. But the shoulds are things that will never happen. Right. And it's not, uh, again, um, it's everything was already into motion. The fact of the matter is the people were saying, get me money, get me money now. We can talk about, you know, who needs to be punished for it, who needs to be blamed. Look, plenty of blame going toward China. That's uh, hopefully going to be dealt with. I suspect this president may deal with that in his third or fourth term. But, (laughs) oh, that was part of the bill, too, that the president automatically gets four more terms. (laughs) <laughs> sorry mcconnell that's that why mcconnell was so tired last night exactly he snuck that into the snuck bill in. democrats in case you didn't hear that uh <laughs> the president because of this emergency yes will serve at least four more terms yeah, at least at least yes so you don't have to worry about the convention this takes away your worry about biden right and you don't have to worry <laughs> about the convention after those four terms uh because it's it also says that uh, donald trump jr automatically takes over then a dynasty. I was going to say Ivanka. I was yeah, gonna, right. well, no, or Ivanka. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Ivanka will be VP or no, other way no, around. After four, She'll be president. No, after four more terms. No, there would have to be eight at least. Or, yeah, or, Baron. I could say Baron. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, make it eight more terms. Right. He's certainly tall enough now. <laughs> let's hey, let's start. Let's start a decent conspiracy theory. Exactly. <laughs>
Arrogant Gary wants you to suck it up. Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. You know, one thing I just was going through some uh, just scanning here, as we do, just scanning different websites. And as I was scanning them, I was, went to Real Clear Politics, and I just saw polls, and I went, oh, I haven't looked at the polls in a week. I haven't looked at any polls. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I wonder if, if there's any polls out there and, and what they're doing them on. Right. And as I clicked to go onto the polls, the thought that went through my head was, Oh, okay. With Biden really being a disaster here. And it's been about five days now, five or six days for this Cuomo's doing great. He should run for president. Right? Right, right. So I started thinking the only way you're going to get there, there's only two ways you can get there. The one way you can get there is if the Democrat Party realizes, okay, he's just so weak. We cannot have him, which means we got to vote for Bernie Sanders and hope for a brokered convention, and then something could happen. Right? Right, exactly. That's that's what you would hope for, and then maybe the, the Cuomo thing. So I started looking and said, okay, let me look at the national polls. Where are the national polls, and what do they say? And is there any movement whatsoever in them? Hmm. Democratic national or presidential nomination, Wednesday. So this is just yesterday. Mm-hmm. Economist YouGov, Biden 57, Sanders 39. Plus 18. Reuters, Biden 53, Sanders 34. Biden plus 19. Hmm. Tuesday, uh, the um, 2020 Democratic presidential nomination, morning consult, Biden 60, Sanders 36. Hmm. So nothing really in the last couple of days at all has shown any movement where people have said, well, okay. Uh, you know, Biden, maybe we need to change our mind, uh, you know, on Biden and make it a brokered convention. Right. So I was looking to see if that had moved in any direction. It doesn't seem to move in any direction because that's the only way you can get there is is with that hope. Right. Well, right. I mean, that's the rules. The party has the rules. And once Biden reaches 1991, if they ever finish the primaries, <laughs> then he's going to be the presumptive nominee. That's the way it is. You're not going right. to, you know, with the exception of him stepping down. And then I, I'm guessing at that point what happens is that Bernie's people go and there would be, I mean, if he would to step down before convention, then Bernie's people would go and they would look to uh, uh, woo some of those superdelegates and get to the point where he's the nominee. You talk about a nightmare. <clears throat> I mean, it, it was a nightmare with Bernie because the party didn't want him because he couldn't win. Now it's a nightmare with Joe because Joe can't issue a, co- a, a coherent thought. Yeah, and and it's been massive response even from Democrats this week going, oh boy, you know, what are we going to do? Well, if Biden takes it, now some people might say, well, then Cuomo should be his vice president. Yeah. You think Cuomo wants to be the vice president for a Biden? <laughs> no. Or would he rather wait four years? You know, either way. Right. Would he rather wait four years and say at that point, I'm going to run? It's just not the right time, you know, right now. But then again, if it's the high point for him in the Democrat Party right now, well, <laughs> that that could die off very quickly in four years. Sure. Right. But it was just interesting to look at that, to look at some of the numbers there to see that Biden still holds a slam dunk lead over, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders from 
Democrats. It doesn't look to be any erosion because of just the media coverage of his gaffes and really his disappearance. And I think Sanders, too. I think Sanders coming out, you know, yesterday and saying uh, the fact that, uh, you know, that putting out the, well, I don't know if I'm going to call them feelers that, okay, I'm going to object uh, to this to this uh, whole bill. And he ends up, you know, did he end up voting for it? There were four that didn't. It was 96 to nothing. Mm-hmm. But let's put it this way. He didn't vote against it. Right, right. He didn't say no. Yeah, he didn't he didn't say no. And it was almost that, that that was the stories out there. So was he putting out those little feelers? But then you and I both said, but he couldn't vote against it because if his whole goal is to get more support because Biden is just <sighs> disintegrating before our eyes, well, then he's got to vote for this. Right. He has to vote for it. Right. He can't vote against giving people of anyone. Right. Uh, you he can't vote against giving people giving families a family of four thirty four hundred dollars in the next two weeks. Bernie can't vote against that, can he? No, there's no way you can. <laughs> you know, I'm, Andrew Yang has got to be out there going, "What the? What the <laughs> hell happened? Are you? Uh, wait a minute! Are you kidding me? Hello, I'm right here. I was saying it. I've been saying a thousand a month, <laughs> and." And you now, guys are giving $2,400 a month. And now you got Republicans agreeing to, hey, we don't care whether you're hurt or not. If we don't care whether you're working or not, you get, you get $3,400 in that household. Yeah. Average house, $3,400 the average. And let's give it to you in two weeks. And you know something? If you're unemployed, we'll make it so you can make more on unemployment than you made in your job. And Republicans agreed to it. Andrew Yang's going, what in the world's going on? <laughs> Come on. Are you kidding me? You got Republicans saying they'll get twenty four hundred a month? I was saying a thousand a month and I had to bow out early. <laughs> yeah, uh two words. Well twenty four well on on top of you know on top of what you're getting on the twelve hundred and the Yeah. Well, one no, time twelve hundred. No, no, the, the twenty four hundred. You're talking about unemployment, right? The right, but right. You, you would still be right. getting twelve hundred on top of that. You, well, you'd be get. Well, think about it. If you're, <laughs> if you're, <laughs> wow. If if you're if you're unemployed in a household, you'd be getting thirty four hundred plus with two kids. You'd be getting thirty four hundred plus plus if you were getting the maximum Holy unemployment of an average state. Let's say it's four four hundred. Right. You'd be getting a thousand dollars a month. Also. Uh, excuse me, a thousand. You'd be getting four thousand dollars a month. So in that month, seventy four hundred in the first month. That's seventy four hundred in the first month. Andrew Yang's going. What? What? <laughs> what are you doing? What's going on here? That would have been seven months, seven and a half months of his plan. He's going to be over there crying, going, "I, I was offering everybody twenty four thousand dollars a year, right? And everybody, I was offering that to, and I couldn't get." I couldn't pass the three percent, two percent. I couldn't get one percent of Democrats voting for me. Now you got Republicans going, yeah, let's vote for that bill that could give people seven thousand dollars in this next month. <laughs> Republicans a month ago were complaining how many trillions of dollars my plan would be, and they just voted on a two and a half trillion dollar plan. Oh. That's what fear will do. That's what fear, that's how fear moves people. Yeah. That's exactly how fear moves people. So Bernie had to jump aboard. Yeah. But if that's his only, if his only shot 
Because you know, because that's the whole point. If Biden is the no- if Biden is the nominee, and the support stays the way that it is, uh, Cuomo's not in there. Sanders and, was a yay. I, I'm confirming. Sanders it here was at, a yay. Okay, at, uh, right. at the Senate Sanders website. Was a yay. Yep. Well, he he had to be. Of course, he had to be. There's no way he could not be a yay on that. Uh, Rand Paul not voting. Well, he, uh, he couldn't. He vote. couldn't vote. He's not there. Thune is is uh, also not voting. Didn't vote. Okay. Uh, Romney not voting. He's he's quarantined as well. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah. There you have it. So. And by the way, did that give Rand Paul an out? I'm not saying I want him to be sick <laughs> so that he could get an out. I'm not saying he's he's he's, he's no. faking it so he didn't have to vote for it. <laughs> hey, I'm going to call in sick. But I mean, it makes you wonder how he would how he would vote. He but, would probably vote for it. I'm I'm guessing at the end of the day he would say, "Oh, I don't really like this, but okay." Yeah. I mean, it's it's like well, a, he, a mosh. He, he was able to get out of that vote, wasn't he? He was. He really was. Yeah. We wish hey. him well. By the way, we, we yeah, we we do. We're just we're just kidding. Yeah. Um, but it is, and, and Mitt Romney as well. Everybody knows, everybody knows we're kidding. Yeah. He really doesn't, he really is hiding from Nancy Pelosi's daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. I still think about that. That's crazy. I know. That was out and out right. You know, I'm, I'm advocating violence against a U.S. Senator. You know, that didn't get the play that, that, um, imagined, and Ivanka would never do this. <laughs> Ivanka right. would never do this. But, but for the sake of the argument, she said something like that. Are you kidding me? I mean, it would be never-ending. Let's go to Roger in Michigan, who's a small business owner. Roger, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Good morning, guys. Hi. Hi. So in Michigan here, you can draw $362 a week on average. Uh, If you add in the $600, of course, that's $962 a week to stay at home, and you've been talking about this. So my average guy makes $25 an hour. Um, so we're just shy. So he can stay at home and absolutely do nothing and draw approximately a thousand a week plus that additional money that you have that you've been talking about. Yeah. Why would he want to come back to work? And second, yep. we've already read we've read the fact that he can deny work if he says, I feel like I'm in danger for my health. Oh. I don't feel that my workplace is right. So sure. yeah. I can stay home for the next four months. Now, if I have work to do. And I don't have employees to do it. I'm out of business anyhow. And they've also set a new precedent for a minimum wage and a new cost of living. We couldn't get workers here in Michigan last year in the first place. We're not going to be able to get workers at all if we're going to keep feeding candy left and right here. We're just going to put us right out of business here. Yeah, and this and, is. And the, I don't. Go I, ahead. I don't I don't disagree with the employee because they're offering it to me. Like, why should I go to work? And the other danger factor that is every one of these guys are going to go out and work under the table for cash, not paying taxes for sure, it. Sure. And so, the, so they're going to make more money. And the fourth point to me is, is when this happened back in 2008 and the states kicked in with this unemployment, they came to me back two years later and said, oh, by the way, Roger, uh, we've got to up your unemployment tax, your, your employer's participation, because we've got to recover that money. Are they going to do the same thing here as well to me by next year? No, those are all solid points. Yeah. I mean, this, these are the concerns that they had, Lindsey Graham had. This is why there was an amendment that was pushed, that was being pushed yesterday afternoon late 
It didn't pass. It was right down the middle. By the way, I was surprised that it got 48 votes. It was 48-48, and it needed 60, of course, to be added on to the bill. But that amendment, uh, Roger, would have meant that you can only get basically up to 100% of your pay. In other words, you couldn't make more off the unemployment than you were at your job. So that amendment, by the way, should have been in there because now, and it's the point that you were making and Lindsey Graham and others were making, and that is, well, what's the incentive? And thank you for the call. Uh, we'll keep your business and, and you and your family and our thoughts and prayers, but that's, that's exactly what they're dealing with. Because the only, the only, uh, the only play here for Roger or, or employers like him is to go out and offer more. But how can you afford to do that? How can you afford to do that? Even if he went out and he ramped it up beyond the employment benefit of the average worker or skill set in that field, right? Then he would look at that and go, well, yeah, but that's a little bit more, but, I'd rather stay home and get what I'm what I'm getting you've, now. I got a four month vacation. You've also given the incentive to take the business out of the state. Yep, and the manufacturing out of the state mm-hmm. and out of the country. Out of the country, because if I can't get labor here, I got to go where I can afford labor. Yep, and four months is a long time. Eight six six ninety red eye. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Hey, it's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Let's go to Tommy in Ellenville, New York. Tommy, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hey guys, good morning. Morning, good morning. Um, I'm calling. I'm calling about the bill. This, this bill, he should not sign. This is coming from a guy. I, I, I'm in. I own a restaurant. I'm in the wholesale meat business, and I have a butcher shop. I'm off about eighty percent. If there is anything inside this bill that has nothing to do with this virus and and what's going on, he shouldn't sign it. Republicans, Democrats, whoever put their garbage in it, he should call them all out on it. I'd rather suffer than than put all this garbage inside this bill. Well, uh, the fact that you're a listener to the show doesn't surprise me <laughs> right. because yeah. we, you know, we've been we've been talking about you know, well, wasteful spending. And thank you so much, and best of luck to you, Tommy. Uh, we've been talking about this in the in the good times and the, and the the wasted spending. The president isn't going to do that. The president will sign it. And if it comes, if, if we get to a month from now, um, it's quite possible, you know, that they could be looking at something else. If we don't see a turnaround, if we don't see businesses opening up again, if we don't see any hope from the clinical study going on in New York uh, or widespread success with the combination of the drugs, then you can bet that they'll re- they'll revisit this very quickly. And it will happen likely the way it happened, much like it happened this past week and the democrats will try to get more yep. and look the president will simply say in order to get in order to do what's right in this bill and there's right in this bill mm-hmm. we had to do what's bad in this bill yep and and that's uh because uh, half I'm, the because half the country wants the bad it's it's un, it's quite unfortunate right. and we're with you i mean look you you've got a disincentive for people to go back to work when you start saying they're going to get more money in some cases being unemployed and out of work than they were making while they were working.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. RedEyeRadioShow.com. We stream live. Get our app. Put it on your phone. And listen to us 24-7. Never stop listening to us over and over and over again. All right, maybe that's a little bit too much. Maybe. In the news this morning. New York City is a hub of influx of travelers. Not only originally from China, but also from Europe, which has become the new China in the sense of the number of cases. So New York City is dominating the situation in the United States. About 60% of the infections are in the New York City metropolitan Mm -hmm. area. And 56% of the new infections are coming from the New York City metropolitan area. After talking to my colleagues on the WHO call, I think it's more likely than not that this is going to turn around and come back in another season. Because right now in the Southern Hemisphere and Southern Africa, they're starting to get cases as they go into their winter And if that happens, this is not going to disappear. Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, talking about the coronavirus and uh, where they think it's going. Meanwhile, uh, we had a vote last night. On this vote, the yeas are 96, the nays are zero. The 60 vote threshold having been achieved, the bill is passed. So there you go, the stimulus plan. They're calling it the stimulus plan. It really should be called, I mean, I think it was National Review that said, it's not a stimulus plan. Right. It's a disaster bill. Right. And there's a difference between a stimulus plan and a disaster bill that they keep calling it. In essence, they're calling it the stimulus bill to stimulate the economy because of this. But Because it became a financial crisis, but it did not begin as one. Uh, And so we'll get to some of the specifics uh, of that. Dr. Anthony Fauci talking about, number one, New York City being the, the, the hub of 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 travel which is one of the reasons it's one of the hot spots mm. some of the interesting things coming out yesterday was uh, Cuomo talking about the fact governor Cuomo that uh we they they see there's more cases coming in but it looks like the curve's starting to bend a little bit mm-hmm. yeah and so he viewed that as a positive as did others uh, out there Dr Anthony Fauci talking about that the uh, coronavirus will come back is talking about the fact that he believes it's seasonal Mm-hmm. which means that if they believe it's seasonal, that it's not going to be here no matter what, that it will have a downtime, which in all likelihood is because you're getting warm weather, mm-hmm. and that it will come back next year. That, with the news also out that the coronavirus does not is not evolving quickly, mm-hmm. right. means that any vaccine that they come up with would be much more effective because they're, it's not evolving into a new strain. Right. And and so those are a couple of things that hopefully uh, are are you know some are good news I think to uh, uh, to uh, to look at. Yeah. As over the next couple of days, you're going to see the United States because of the massive testing here, which we're doing more than any other country. We're gonna we're gonna go to number one uh, for mm-hmm. the number of cases out there, just because of the amount of testing we're doing, and that's going to be hyped up as the problem is out of control and it's Trump and everything else. But the, one of the important things to look at, 
and this was really a focus. A lot of people on social media were talking about this yesterday, and we talked about it earlier in the show, is a per capita, which is how many cases per million. Right. And if you look at Italy and you look at some of the countries in Europe, you look at France, you look at Spain, it's way above. Italy, for example, 112, uh, this is the fatality rate, 112 deaths per 1 million people. Yeah, right. Uh, the United States down about 2.45 uh, you know, per million people. So when you look at it, you say, okay, it doesn't matter. We know the number of cases that we have are greater because we're testing to a much greater extent. When we started the show Monday, we said, look, there's going to be tens of thousands of tests every day by the time we get to this weekend, and that's turning out to be true. Well, and right now we're only about, what, 5,000 in, in the total number of cases right now in the U.S. behind Italy. As you mentioned, it's likely today. We'll probably, with the testing and everything and confirmations coming across, uh, you can, but we need to, and we said this, you and I said this about a week ago, we need to set China aside. Let's stop the silliness of believing that there are still only 81,700 and something cases in China, and that hasn't changed in days. That's false. And we can deal with China later, so we kind of have to set them aside because the Western world uh, right now, the rest of the Western society, is looking at this in a very real way while there are differences. As, as you mentioned, it, the, the big difference is, is that we're rolling out testing at a larger rate, at a greater rate. Um, what happens, you know, in, in New York, uh, I think probably it was best. And this is why, again, we we agree with the approach of Governor Cuomo of, of putting this clinical trial into place uh, with these the combination of drugs. And we hope and pray that all of those that are in that trial and everybody there in New York that is affected by it is able to survive this. And, and we can we can see at that point, you're going to see a flattening of the curve. You'll see a downright uh, because the uh, if the FDA has approved off-label use, then you'll see right. then right the the deployment of these drugs widely available across the U.S. Uh, to the degree that they can manufacture both drugs uh, or all three drugs and get them to the pharmacies and doctors. And I think we would we would see that. I agree with you. We would see that probably very rapidly as the the private sector has already said, "Look, we're we'll make sure yeah. that you know you've got what you need." I know that the it's really interesting, um, and if you saw it on social media yesterday, the one report that came out about the the one study that was done on just the chloroquine itself, or the hydroxy uh, chloroquine itself, mm-hmm. that showed a, a very very small study that showed that they didn't believe it had an effect just using that drug. Right. Well, it's right. both drugs that they you know that they're supposed to use in it, but the mm-hmm. left jumped on it saying, "See, the president's wrong," mm-hmm. and again, people were saying it's not the president. Right. The president is stating the optimism of the French researchers. And as we talked about the other day, the optimism that we saw from the head of infectious disease at the University of Kansas, who also did mm-hmm. uh, small uh, studies on it also. But it's almost as if they were excited that this isn't going to work. Yeah. Right. Maybe there's hope that this won't work. Yay. Right. As the media is asking the president. How many deaths are acceptable? Yeah. I mean, it's just bizarre. They really live in their own world. 
people asking those questions. You, the other thing in, in well, in the news, because <laughs> it is in the news, is the media now stating that after all all these couple of years of stating that Donald Trump needs to have press conferences, yeah. we can't believe that he was he's trying <laughs> to hide stuff from it. And so now that Trump has come out and said, we're going to have a press conference every single day, and every single day he's out there willing to answer questions for hours. Right. He himself, by the oh. way. Right. Not a White House spokesperson. Right. For hours yeah. and then have all the experts available to talk right there uh, with him and just say, I am naked to the world. Yeah, right. There you are. Anything you want to know, ask any question. Go ahead. Here we go. You might not like the answer, right. but it's what the media has been crying for. The American people deserve to know. That's what they've been right. saying for months and, and months and months. And now they're at a point, and the narrative is now... We need to consider now not covering these press conferences anymore because the president is giving out misinformation. MSNBC talking about that as they ran the banner right. that these people did the chloroquine because the president pushed that product. Yeah, the uh, the fish tank cleaner. The fish tank chloroquine cleaner. Chloroquine phosphate. Yes. That they I mean, took it because this is, Trump was pushing it. This, this is what we're doing. I mean, it's just and it's getting to the point of just being actually humorous. If yeah. it wasn't if it wasn't such a serious time in this country, but when you look at it, you see, okay, as we said before, uh, when the president called them the enemy of the people, and we said, look, he can use his rhetoric, will and his explanation, we'll use ours. Is the press a friend of the people? Are they benefiting society? Are they benefiting society by what they're doing? By asking those questions and doing the stories that the way the way they've been doing them, especially on the chloroquine phosphate story where the man died and the woman is in critical condition, the way they posed that, that the president was pushing that, as if the president was actually pushing that you go and find some fish tank cleaner and use that if you have it. Are they benefiting society for that? Or, or because... This is the reality. Are they actually looking for an emotional response? And which benefits a society in the case like this? Because you have to remember, it was the same news group, a different reporter, but the same news group that last Friday asked the president, how would you soothe the the, the minds of the American people? How do you bring them comfort? Which, by the way, that wasn't the entire point no, of that question. Not. No, The not. lead no. up to that, highly edited version was very different but the point is is that they tried to go out and say well we were just asking them to say something to soothe the minds of the american people yet you're saying the president is promoting that people go out and drink fish tank cleaner which is false and then when the president says you know look uh there's this drug out there and these doctors and this research shows promise from what they have said the press comes back and says the president believes this yeah no, no, the president said he didn't believe it. Yeah, the, he said yeah. he said there has been research that has looked, you know, quite positive here in this particular area. And again, it's just you sh- you shake your head and you're like, wow, it really doesn't matter whether it's a pandemic. It doesn't matter whether they want to overturn an election. It's mm-hmm. not doesn't matter whether they want to call a president a traitor by throwing out false accusations 
that he somehow illegally colluded with the Russians and is a traitor to the United States. It doesn't matter. So we ask you this. You come to the you come to the uh, conclusion on your own. We believe you have the ability. We know that the press is offended if you call them an enemy of the people. Yeah. What would you call a media that does that, that tries to stoke fear by telling lies? Are they your friend? Hmm. Are they your buddy? Are, are they, they your pal? Are they doing anything to soothe the minds of the American people? But even oh, if, or, by or, the way, or even if they're even... not doing, even if they're not doing that, are they showing? Are they saying we are acting from a position of honesty and integrity to really look and find out the truth. everything we can, the truth about this disease, yes. and the solution, this virus, and the solutions to it. Because their their job isn't to soothe the minds of the American people, no, it's, it's to not. inform them. Right. What information, what what beneficial information are you getting when a story is is positioned and presented in the way that that one was from NBC? It's shameful. It really is. These people made a horrible, horrible judgment. I pray for the family of the man who passed away, and I pray the woman will make... A full recovery. Of course we do. But they did something very thoughtless and and stupid. stupid. Yes. And everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. Yet it's Trump's fault. Yeah. And uh, this is where, and like we say with the, uh, with the chloroquine and everything that started out with the beginning of it, the hydroxychloroquine that the president is like Hitler and. Uh, you know, promoting experiments. Yeah, on, right. On on people. So who's the one that actually puts out the order to do it? Andrew Cuomo. And yeah, go right. go to Google right now and put in Trump and chloroquine and see all the see all the headlines bashing him. Nobody mentions the fact that the only person that the 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 excuse me the biggest governor that has ordered this being done that's actually been in charge of deployment deployment of <laughs> this is Andrew Cuomo. Right. And it's like he doesn't even exist. Right. And by the way, we agree. Oh, we agree, yes. We, we agree, agree with Governor yes. Cuomo on yes, that. Yes, we do. But nothing from but the mainstream media. No, the media is not going to go after Cuomo the way they did Trump. It's Trump's fault. 866-90-RED-EYE. Recent storms have not yet wiped out the prospect of drought for California, but have helped add to the snowpack. That boost of four inches from 10 to 14 inches is a huge improvement from 10 days ago. The snow continues to fall and will continue to fall for the next few days, so we may see that actually creeping a bit higher. That was USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey. For the time being, we've improved topsoil moisture, reduced early irrigation demands in the valley locations, So that's a little bit of a boon for producers. They were concerned because some of the fruit and nut trees were blooming and starting to produce fruit. And at the same time, very little moisture. So irrigation was required very early this year. And in the mountain regions. It won't completely take care of the problem, but it will boost runoff this spring a little bit higher than what we originally expected if you had talked to me, say, two weeks ago. What's the bottom line? California seeing an improving situation, still not quite out of drought, but better than just two weeks ago. This is Stephanie Ho for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL premium highway diesel fuel we'll be right back with more red eye radio with eric harley and gary mcnamara
It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, Coming up following the bottom of the hour, we will get to uh, some of the specifics that are in uh, the $2 trillion Senate uh, bill, which is uh, now going to the House, and they should vote on it tomorrow morning. Hmm. Sorry for earlier. I thought it was Friday already. And I was trying to think, how could they vote on it? Because don't they have to have debate? The debate and everything's going to be going on today. They today, hope right. to have a vote tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But just for the average person out there, before we get to to anything else, uh, anybody who makes gross gross adjusted, right? I believe it's adjusted gross adjusted income, yeah. Gro- <laughs> yeah, gross adjusted. It's really it's a really gross adjusted. Yeah. No, it's the adjusted gross. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, under seventy five thousand in single or uh, under one hundred and fifty thousand uh, couple. Right. A joint filing, mm-hmm. uh, you will get the full twelve hundred dollars. Right. Then uh, it's reduced all the way up to ninety nine thousand per, per person, one hundred and ninety eight thousand per couple. Right. But you'll get you'll get twelve hundred per uh, you'll get twelve hundred for the adult mm-hmm. and five hundred for every child right. that you have. So the average family, if you've got husband, wife, two children, you get thirty four hundred dollars. That you will receive, from what I know, in the next two weeks, right? Yes. In fact, uh, it will be like a tax refund. And so if the president were to sign it, let's say Friday, let's say they pass it uh, with a voice vote, it's expected to pass in the House because Justin Amash was the only one saying he was not going to, he was going to stand in the way of a voice vote. They're not going to, he said he's not going to do that yesterday afternoon. Uh, he doesn't like it, but he won't stand in the way of it. So if they get that done Friday morning, uh, gets to the president's desk, I don't know, as soon as maybe uh, Friday evening or Saturday morning, he would sign it, and then the the Treasury Department right then would have full authority to start if, issuing those. If they if they vote on it Friday morning, it'll mm-hmm. be signed Friday morning. I I, I would ho- I would yeah. think so. I, they'll walk it right over. They'll, I, they'll I would they'll think sign so. It. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and you would probably you know just for the optics of it all. Well, the optics of it all, and you want that boost for the stock market on well, that Friday, <laughs> sure. And and but I mean, for the optics of it all, you're probably going to have representatives from both parties standing behind the president as he signs. Yes. Uh, un- unemployment, mm-hmm. you can make more than working. Some will make more than, than Some will they're make making more. now. Right. You'll make more than you're actually working. 600 At least for four months. For four months. $600 will be added on to whatever the state will pay you. And it's extended to people who have gig works, like yes. Uber drivers and, and things like that, contractors. If you were going to, if you, you know, had a business, a uh, small business or something, and you were the basically the proprietor and the only employee uh, that might be expended, extended to you as well, uh, which would mean that you would get, I mean, uh, well, you're going to get thousands of dollars a month at least for four months through July 31st. Yes. Here is your forecast. Things could get slushy for a time overnight near the Twin Cities in Minnesota. St. Paul, Minneapolis, down to 31 for a low with some rain in the area. As we look to other cities to the south for Racine, Wisconsin, Chicago, things will be mainly all rain as temperatures are too high to support snow. Over to Interstate 94 in Bismarck, North Dakota, seeing some of the white flakes again yesterday and will continue to see some light snow today. The overnight low, 25, high later today, 46. A big area of dry conditions from I-10, California to Florida, will see clear skies. The southern plains are dry. The south, finally drying out for a day, will see clear skies in the Midwest, on up through the Mid-Atlantic and into the Northeast. Snow continues in the Intermountain West. Salt Lake City, snow overnight, tapering off through the day. Your national forecast from Red Eye Radio, I'm meteorologist John Trout. 
What World Are We Living In? Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Thank you so much for being here. Okay, let's go over uh, this uh, real quick because uh, people want to know, what's the gimme? All right. (laughs) All right. Uh, Again, as Eric and I said, the bill provides uh, direct payments, uh, $1,200 to adults, $500 uh, per child. They are will be structured as tax refunds, so you'll be able to get it real quick. Hmm. You'll probably get it from what, from what I've seen in the next two weeks. And so, if uh, husband, wife, two kids, that's thirty four hundred bucks. Yeah, the direct grants are phased out again for upper income brackets, starting at seventy five thousand for individual income. Uh, grant these grants are not available at all for individuals without children making more than ninety nine thousand and married couples without children making over one hundred and ninety eight uh, thousand. I'm getting this here from the Wall Street Journal in case anybody wants to know. Unemployed workers, a deal would extend the duration of jobless benefits to thirty nine weeks hmm. and includes a six hundred dollar a week increase for the first four months with that payment available through july 31st so basically from march 31st to july 31st right if you're off here in the next couple of weeks for the next four months you will get an extra six hundred dollars that is per week not per month right so if you and it's been a long time since i collected unemployment i'll up the figure a little bit if if you for example are making six hundred dollars a week probably the average the uh unemployment you would get would be $300 per week. Mm-hmm. From what I remember, it was roughly half in most states. Not all, but roughly mm-hmm. half. Right. Up Three, to a limit. Uh, right, up to a particular limit. Mm-hmm. For example, New York, we checked out yesterday, the maximum is $507. Right. Texas, 457 California, 450 mm-hmm. Just so you know, that's the maximum. Right. But if you're per, ma- week. per week. Mm-hmm. So if you're making 600 you get 300 per week. Federal government adds $600 to that, you'd make 900 a week. You would make more on unemployment for the next four months than you're making at your job. Yeah. And that would be you're making more than the gross of what you're bringing in. Yes. Uh, so, And that's been some of the complaints. Uh, we had your small business owners said, how am I going to be able to hire anybody in the next four months? Mm-hmm. Who's going to want to work? Right. And that was part of the complaints from the Republicans stating, what what do you mean you're you're making it so we have a tight labor market already you're making it now that people for the next four months can make more money and you get to self-certify if you wish to quit your job right at least for the 600 right you get to the, the federal level yeah you get to right you get to self-certify and say nope i I uh, now we don't believe that would include the state because right, the right. state rules would still exist. We believe for the state money, but for the six hundred, you could simply say, "Nope, can't do it." Now it would work through the state, but you would get the six hundred a week mm-hmm. for the next. You know, by self-certifying, I can't work because of coronavirus. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, wow. it, it's because you it's look good. at the amendment that uh, it was led essentially by, and it was an effort yesterday. Uh, afternoon and evening um, by Lindsey Graham in the Senate to try ed- and amend it. They they were pushing an amendment that would limit it to 100% of your income. In other words, you could not make more than 
uh, from unemployment total than what you were making now. But many people will. Those employers, if they are still productive, if their business is still open, they're going to have trouble finding employees. And what do you do? You raise the, the amount that you pay them? Who can afford to do that? There's only so much right now, especially right now, in terms of costs as a business that you can pass on to the consumer. You can't raise your costs because you're having to pay people more than they're making in unemployment. So at that point, especially if you're a manufacturer, even a small manufacturer, you start looking outside the U.S. Uh, other things, and there are $349 billion in uh, loans to small businesses. Mm-hmm. With the amount spent on payroll, rent, or utilities converting into grants that don't have to be repaid. Right. Uh, $500 billion for loans, loan guarantees, or other aid to businesses, states, and municipalities, including the possibility that the government will take direct equity stakes in distressed companies. Mm. But the government has a choice. I mm. think what they're looking at is that's going to happen in the next few months, and Trump's not going to want to do it. That's right. why mm. it was viewed as being – because that's optional. They could if they wish to. Right. I don't believe the Trump administration – in most cases, would do that. Right. Uh, the total $25 billion is set aside for cargo and passenger airlines, and $17 billion is for businesses deemed critical to national security, such as Boeing. Hmm. The remaining $450 billion would go to backstop losses in lending facilities established or expanded by the Federal Reserve. $32 billion in grants to cover wages wow. at passenger air carriers, cargo carriers, and contractors. $150 billion in direct aid to states distributed according to population size. A municipality could apply to receive aid directly, reducing the amount available to the rest of the state. Hmm. So you've got probably states like New York City where it's the worst, looking to suck up a ton of that aid, mm-hmm. where western and central New York would probably be up in arms over that right yeah that's uh i i lived in western new york so i understand how it how it works and what the sure. mindset of people sure. are yeah. outside of uh, of uh, of new york city mm. uh 221 billion in a variety of tax benefits for businesses including allowing businesses to defer payroll taxes which finance medicare and social security for the rest of the year it would also temporarily allow businesses to claim deductions using today's losses against past profits to claim quick refunds for cash infusions. Let me get this one right. Let me just figure this one out. $221 billion in a variety of tax benefits for businesses, including allowing businesses to defer payroll taxes. Does that mean some of that $220 billion would go in to pay for payroll taxes? So we are basically borrowing money. <laughs> Well, it would go, to, okay, we're borrowing money to put it back into the government coffers. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I see what you're saying, because, yes, borrowing that money match, to put it back that into match the goes right. into uh, right. the government coffers. Yes, and that's apparently what we're doing, uh, <laughs> part of what we're doing there. So <laughs> We're borrowing to pay ourselves. Yes, we're borrowing to pay ourselves. Uh, three hundred forty billion. Peter to pay Peter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, uh, yeah. Don't worry. 
our great grandchildren who got to pay for this they're not alive i, I don't even know them so uh, what do Wait, i care? i don't know i'm never gonna i'm, I'm never not, gonna end up I'm meeting them. Meet who them? cares yeah, who cares uh, shut up and pay it um <laughs> go to work three yeah, get a <laughs> get a get, job yeah get, get a job we're not gonna give you six hundred dollars yeah nobody cares 340 billion in supplemental spending which includes 117 billion for hospitals and veterans care hmm. uh also includes 25 billion mostly for public transit to make up for revenue lost because of dwindling ridership, which mm-hmm. I guess it's huge yeah. in in some of the areas out there. Now, are there some restrictions? Yes, there are some you know, restrictions that come in there. I don't know the timeline, for example, for some of the money that they're going to give to, you know, the grants that they're going to give. I know if they're giving out grants, you know, for example, they've got a – I won't say it. What they it, it's it's the whole thing on the whole uh, the stock buybacks that oh you yeah, know, that yeah the left believes is evil they don't even right. understand what stock buybacks are but right. uh, you know the restrictions on stock buybacks I think at least for the duration of the loan I don't know in the bill that we saw yesterday which isn't this bill it was supposed to be like for and a year after for the term of the loan and a year yeah, after I don't know if that still is the case here I have right. not seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, on CEO compensation, mm. something for the duration of the loan, but that means, or that was that six months. Uh, well, six, what we that? heard late last night that was for the dur- for the term of the loan, and then six months, and six months and six beyond, months. and they'll just delay. but you can just defer that, yeah, defer the right. you know, so the CEO gets a dollar for right. that period, and then all of a sudden gets a bonus the moment that period ends, right. And it, it doesn't do anything. Well, but the but the compromise is the liberals being able to say, "See, we're controlling exactly CEO compensation," and the, yeah. and the, the Republicans going, "Oh, okay, we'll give you that," and doesn't matter because they'll make it up in the next quarter for the CEO. Right. Right. So, yeah, it really, it's a big emotional play. Yeah, it doesn't really do anything. And by the way, ninety nine percent of the people watching this whole thing play out, they don't care. They don't care about any of that. They really don't. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about the companies, the large companies. I'm not talking about the small business owners. I'm talking about the American people that are looking at this and waiting for their checks. They don't care about any of that. Those items don't matter. Our audience and fiscal conservatives notwithstanding. Yes. Uh, in exchange, of, this is for the airlines, for example, in exchange for the payroll grants, carriers must agree not to furlough, lay off, uh, or cut back. Uh, pay for employees until September 30th. Mm. Okay. So, uh, so it's conditional. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Right. But basically, well, those but, are grants, though. Those aren't those, loans. Those are grants. If we, right, right. But they're but they're giving them the they're they're giving them the money to keep them in business. Right. Yeah. And and to well, keep, here's here's the question. And, and to keep the schedule of flights going. Right. And that serves a purpose. I mean, you think about all the business flights that, that happen mm-hmm. and, and right now have been delayed as a matter of either practice, private practice, right. you know, or government um, edict. There's been a severe, severe downfall in that in the number of flights. Once we reopen, the airlines are going to be scrambling to get people from A to B. And so if it's a grant. And if it's if it's because I go back to and I, I well, I don't, but but the the grant to me is actually just to keep people employed. Well, yes, right now keep well, you employed and doing well. Yeah, okay. But it's the the question becomes: Can you survive as a bit uh, as a business if you're going to keep those flights going? Right? Um, can you survive as a business um, long term? So you get to where business is reopening. Let's say I don't know. I'll just pick a date: Easter. 
<laughs> um, what? You want people to die? Right, exactly. I mean, the airlines are going to need to get people, you know, have people on board ready uh, to to serve right. those customers. And, and those, those. I mean, you you fly a lot. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to have people in airports, at those gates, on those planes. And so the, I go back to uh, just the other day, over the weekend. Let the, there was a there was an article, I believe it was National Review, that said, let the cruise lines fail. That many of them only employ a small percentage-wise. Their, their entire labor group is like in the single digits. One cruise line was like 4% Americans that work there. The rest are not Americans. In other words, if we're going to spend American government money, and they serve no, and this was the line that got me. They serve no critical role. You can say morale, you can say vacation, but no critical role. In terms of air travel, that serves a critical role to the extent of business travel Mm -hmm. and cargo to a certain extent. So, again, you know, when we're going to pick our battles, I guess, well, um, you you have to look and see what, you know. I think the mind, where. right. The mindset behind, though, by giving them these huge grants is to keep people, and they say it is yes, to keep yeah. people employed. Oh, sure, yeah. So if we're giving you this you to keep the people employed, that's why it's conditional, right? If we're giving you this money to keep people employed, you got mm-hmm. a guarantee to keep people employed, right? You can't get the grant unless people, you know, right. unless those people are. And I'm guessing you don't get that grant and, until you've demonstrated right. that fully. Probably at the end I, of that, you know, through I, September. I, no, you would get the money now. They need the hmm. money now. Hmm. They need the, they need the money now. But the loans and everything else, they could still apply for. For to to keep them to keep them solvent, the private that, sector loans or, or the other the other, private, the, uh, the government loans, federal uh, reserve loans, the federal reserve loans, whatever right. else is is, sure. is out there. Mm-hmm. But this money is to keep them in business while there are no passengers. Actually, right is what it's for. Yeah, and so what they're saying is, if you're going to, we're going to give you this money to keep people employed, then you need to keep them employed. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a condition mm-hmm. based on what the intent is of the money. I'm assuming, right. Well, I mean, again, it's it, it was conditional as such. You have right. to agree to keep them employed to this state. Right. So, you know, that must be the biggest push. 866-90-RED-EYE. Shell recently launched Shell Rotella T615W40 Full Synthetic. Megan Pino is Shell Rotella Global Brand Manager and tells us what was behind the development and more about the product. We are excited to launch this new full synthetic Shell Rotella T615W40. This is the first time we have a full synthetic in 15W40 viscosity range. We know that truckers love 15W40. That is the primary viscosity grade used in the U.S. and Canada and really in many parts of the world as well. So our customers can enjoy some of the benefits of cold temperature properties, low temperature and high temperature, allowing for the oil to flow faster into the engine and protect it better. Having a full synthetic also allows for extended drain opportunities for those that are trying to push the limits a little bit. But we always recommend following their manufacturer recommendations and doing oil analysis to ensure that they are changing when appropriate. For more, go to Rotella.com. This engine report is a service of Shell Rotella. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley. I'm Gary McNamara. Look at that. CNBC. Home sales could fall as much as 35% this spring. Wow. Wow. Okay. Pre-market's down right now. 266. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.